Welcome to Be The Light Podcast. This podcast is about building a momentum of positive change and healing in you by shining the light on teachers and the wisdom they have to share with us to help us to remember our inner light and to continue to grow. I'm your host, Maria Kammerer. Thanks for joining me today. In this episode, we are talking to Joyce Singh. She is a member of the Order of Interbeing. So that is someone who practices mindfulness in the Plum Village tradition, but has a normal life, or they would say a householder. I met Joyce on the retreat at Plum Village, the 21-day soulmate of a Buddha. And we had so many wonderful heart-to-heart meetings about mindfulness and about our lives and the practice and where is it all leading. Joyce today is sharing with us the importance of community, or Sangha. Hope you enjoy it. I'm here with Joyce Singh today at Plum Village, Lower Hamlet, and we're sitting in a forest of aspen trees. <laughs> it's really quite beautiful. Um, thank you for joining me today. Mm-hmm. Happy to be here. And uh, we're going to talk about, um, we've been practicing mindfulness um, for the last, I think, 13 days, mm-hmm. <laughs> which has been really <laughs> wonderful. And um, we've had many deep conversations about the benefit of mindfulness and our own lives and um, and we really I wanted to ask you and talk with you about the importance of community or sangha okay because um, here we're learning these beautiful practices um, like breathing meditation walking meditation um, Mindfulness eating, which is something that I'm kind of struggling with. <laughs> mm-hmm. But what, when I, if this, I'm looking ahead a little bit and thinking, how do I keep going with this practice? How do I keep it really alive? And you had mentioned earlier that the Sangha is mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Sangha is, the, the meaning of it is community. Um, so I guess I could share with you how Sangha started for me. Yeah, that'd be um, great. Actually, let's pause for a okay. second. Let's um, listen to three sounds of the bell as well. And really, um, with the bell, it's like we come back to our breath, coming back into our body and into the present moment. So you were saying, how did Sangha started begin with you, or how did you begin? 
so it was pretty organic. Um, some people intentionally start uh, sangha building, and um, I, I think I was fortunate. I could say um, it started when I was really in a dark place and really uh, having a lot of problems, and um, <clears throat> I had heard about meditation, obviously, but uh, never practiced it, and um, I was really suffering. I had um, two kids in high school who were struggling. I had my father-in-law who lived with us for 13 years. Um, my husband's family immigrated from Pakistan. My father-in-law was um, experiencing some memory loss. Uh, having a stroke, I, we've discovered, but um, at the same time, my husband was work, very busy working full-time, so he was not at home often. And my mother, who lived nearby, was uh, developing Parkinson's. And my sister-in-law and her family were immigrating from Pakistan, so I was wow. very overwhelmed and lost myself in the caregiving. Mm and very depressed. And my husband, I knew someone who did practice meditation, had started a sangha, though we didn't even know what that word meant at the time, but he invited him over to our home uh, to help teach him and myself meditation. So um, this gentleman would come once a week and um, sit with us. And uh, that was part of it. At the same time, um, I was teaching English as a second language. It was my profession, but I had stopped to be a caregiver. And a neighbor had called me and asked if I could help teach a monk who was coming in from Cambodia. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I helped teach him English because he wanted to further his education. So all of these things were just happening, and I, I, I love teaching. I love teaching English. So I said, sure. And that was really my joy, even in the deep, dark difficulties of the time. So meditation, but here's a monastic from Cambodia who really embodied the practice. And I didn't know anything about walking meditation or the joy in this practice until this monk <laughs> entered my life. and What great timing. Yes. You know? <laughs> he embodied it. So it, it happened that way, and meditation was once a week at our home, mm. and then a neighbor found out, and she asked if she could come. I said, sure. So it was me, my husband, the one gentleman leading, and a neighbor, and then another neighbor asked if she could come, and we said, sure. So then it was five and then they invited friends and they grew and grew and grew wow that's how sangha developed for me yeah yeah well that sounds so natural too you know because it's like as you practiced you became um you were experiencing the benefits you and your husband maybe mm -hmm. from the meditation and then your neighbors maybe noticed mm -hmm. <laughs> something different about you. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, oh, I want to, can I come too? Right. That's so wonderful, right? Yeah. Because yeah, really it's not nice. even, you're not even reaching out. You're just 
practicing and, and people are noticing and being drawn to your home, which mm-hmm. is so sweet yeah. that it's in your house. Yeah. Is it still at the Sangha, still at your house? Yes, it's in our home. Wow. So once a week. There are other meeting places, places as well. Uh, I think there are five total, but um, one of them is in the home still, and this has been 10 years at least. So that's pretty strong. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a nice support system. Mm-hmm. And I've benefited <laughs> greatly from that, yes. <laughs> so what do you think the benefits are of practicing with a group, though? You know, like having, especially have a long period. Mm-hmm. Uh, the consistency mm-hmm. is helpful. Uh, community is really good as you get to know people. Um, there's... I, I guess what what I like to 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 provide mm. is my home is in the country. A lot mm. of people come from the city, so when I say sangha, sangha is the people coming together, but it's also the land, mm. uh, the the trees, the prairie. Mm. This is healing. Um, so a, sangha has a an extension for me in many ways. For the people who come, is healing to be in a quiet place. Mm-hmm. I, my intention is to make a safe place where you can have the space to slow down, feel at home, um, practice together in many creative ways, mm-hmm. and. Um, you can freely express what your struggles are or what you are practicing in the moment and without crosstalk, without uh, judgment, with complete acceptance. So there's a lot of diversity within the Sangha at my home, a lot of uh, traditional diversity. And I think that's the beauty. It's not a monoculture. I live in the country, I live in Iowa, (laughs) there's a lot of monoculture. Sangha's not monoculture, in Mm. fact, the healthiest environments are like the prairie that have the diversity of plants. So many types of grass, mm, yeah. many types of flowers, uh, people or mm-hmm. points of view are accepted in this idea of a community. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that's really wonderful because I think it's so rare um, to be seen and heard, you know, or to be just accepted. Mm-hmm. you know, um, and have a space to just be seen and heard. Mm-hmm. Because when you share in a sangha, what I was noticing is that people are just sharing from their heart, like you said about the practice or maybe something that they're really struggling with. But there's no response. You know, no one's throwing out advice. Mm-hmm. You need to f- do this or that. It's like, and be- it's just the space for people to really deeply listen and see you mm-hmm. and by doing that it gives them the freedom just to have their own wisdom to come up because the groups it feels like to me mm-hmm. the group's awareness is there for them and it's really compassionate you yeah. know it's so sweet and compassionate mm-hmm. and we don't really have those spaces in our normal everyday mm-hmm. and so that's very special you you opened your home up to, to that practice of community 
So beautiful. And not just your home, but the land. You're right. It's so healing. Mm-hmm. You know, here we are in this beautiful forest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's nice. Enjoying, the, you know, the air and the, the quiet. Can't ever hear any cars here, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's very special. With that, you can have sangha anywhere. You can have sangha in the city. You know, uh, I worked with children for a while, and this mm. was in the downtown city area. Mm. And it was actually quite joyful in the park, even though we're in the city and it's busy and cars. Mm. And to be able to lay on the grass Ooh. and slow down and look at the clouds <laughs> it was a unique experience for some. But you know, sangha can be anywhere. Mm. Sangha is always with you. Because it's community. It's about people mm-hmm. gathering together and sharing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I think is nice, mm-hmm. and meditating together. And do you feel like um, having that meditating with other people is also helpful? You know, just like mm-hmm. like we just listened to the sound of the bell. I mean, that's to me, you know, that's so yes. simple, but such a wonderful meditation. Is it really helpful for you? Like over the years, have you found? Absolutely. Uh, just sharing the space together, sitting quietly together. I think something that often comes up with people who begin to practice is, well, wouldn't it be amazing if the whole world could just stop? Mm. <laughs> mm. Just stop and notice, you know, just sit or stand and notice the breath and notice the beauty that's right there right now. Uh, we're always thinking of the next thing. Mm. the future or the next goal and I think it would be very sad to (laughs) spend the rest of life in this manifestation with the thought of well I have to do this or tomorrow or Mm. regret about the past and missing out what is right here yeah so everyone coming together practicing that slowing down and stopping is very powerful you're sharing the experience and time together yeah yeah, I can see that. That is beautiful. Yeah, and it is, um, we get caught in the habit of that what's next or not, or being pulled out of the present moment. Um, but, but I think like practicing together, especially you're doing like weekly, it's like a, a nice space in your week where you can remember with a group, mm-hmm. you know, the present moment. And I think, like, when you meditate with other people, it helps to hold that space easier. It's, like, easier for me to meditate with a group. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Sometimes it's harder by myself. Yes. And then it's, like, that inspires me, would, you know, inspires me to continue on my own. Mm -hmm. Because you can kind of touch this deep space of peace. Mm -hmm. Um much easier don't you think yes and I, I and I also think it's like I learn so much from each person whoever's in the circle mm. or you know right yeah my my son my um, community that I meditate with is from different traditions and we're not you know I mean we are pra- practicing mindfulness but in a different way so it's so wonderful to hear your perspective and um, you're such a deep life in you like mm-hmm. you're so alive and aware of what's happening around you and your heart is so big and you're beautiful too <laughs> and i told you uh what comes from you is bodhisattva 
just compassion, ability to listen, and compassion and desire to help people. That's the beauty you have there. Thank you. Expressing very clearly. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So if people want to find a sangha, Mm -hmm. what's an easy way for them? Um, Within the Thich Nhat Hanh village tradition, you can go online to... um, Plum Village site, and they have international um, listing of mm-hmm. sanghas. And there, each, if you're in the United States, it will have the states listed. It'll actually have a world map, and you can mm-hmm. zoom in on wherever you are and see. If there's not one in your area, anyone can start a sangha. This is our human nature. We are, uh, we we thrive in. Uh, with other people. It's very hard to be alone practicing. Mm. Um, so you can start a sangha, and sometimes it might just be you sitting, right? Yeah, sometimes yeah. it is for me in the winter <laughs> in Iowa. But two people, that's a sangha. One person mm. is a sangha, <laughs> you know, sometimes. Yeah. That inner connection, yeah. right? That inner being right. is always there. Yeah. So it can, can just be you, that's true. Yeah, also, thanks for simplifying mm-hmm. it too. Like, yeah, that's right. I can just go on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's stronger perhaps if you have uh, other people practicing mm. with you, as we had said before. But sure. yeah, there are also opportunities online, international, mm. where you can, certain time of the day, connect with people around the world. And uh, that's a great idea. Practice together. Yes. I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So let's end with the three sounds of the bell again. Just so we can practice together. Coming back to our breath, feeling gratitude for this time to share Sangha together. Thank you, Joyce Singh, for joining us today at Be The Light podcast and for sharing with us about community and how it supports us and about how to start a sangha near you. And thank you also for your deep mindfulness practice and sharing your compassion and wisdom with the world. If you want to find out more about mindfulness practices or find a sangha near you, you can check out plumvillage.org. There are mindfulness practices and resources for you on their website and also a link to sanghas with a map so you can find a community near you. Thanks so much for listening today. Thank you for listening to the Be The Light podcast and for shining your light into your life, becoming part of this momentum of positive change and healing. I'm your host, Maria Kammerer. You can find out more about my work at 
at TuneCincinnati.com.